I've had to be very intentional with the relationships back home. And if I'm not, then it just won't happen. And for me, my relationships are very important, especially with my siblings, especially with my really good friends back home. So I do sacrifice. It might mean at being at home so that I can schedule a Zoom because if I don't do it, then it's just not going to happen. What happens in between is all about the awkward middle phase of entrepreneurship. You know, after you've taken your first steps, but before you can live off your passion. Join me, Athena, as I learn from other emerging creators about the tactical and emotional methods they use to keep moving forward after the initial excitement of following your dreams meets the reality of following your dreams. Let's get into it. Oh man, welcome to another episode of What Happens in Between. Today, I have with me Nicole Stroud, aka the Soulful Expat, who is a soul and mindset coach that teaches spirit-led millennial women to release societal pressure and limiting beliefs. Uh, Hi. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you are, I would love to get a little bit of background on you for the listener, but you're currently based in China. Yes, I'm in Shanghai. Mm -hmm. Shanghai. I have so many questions about this, but First, I want to ask a bit, what brought you to China and what brought you to the expat lifestyle? Great question. Thank you. I, I always tell everyone that I came to China following like my inner voice. And I know for some people that sounds crazy, but it's the <laughs> truth. I was living in the UAE. What brought me to expat life was initially... Um, I had this kind of passion inside me to travel the world, but my first goal really was that I had a lot of debt from my student loans living in America. Mm-hmm. And I had heard that there was opportunities, like especially in the Middle East, where you can make a lucrative salary. And I was like, okay, I'll just go to the UAE for two years, sign a contract and pay off my debt. Mm-hmm. And little did I know that I would go there pay off the debts really quickly. And then it would turn into this like spiritual self-development journey. And it just became deeper than just like, oh, I'm going to pay off debts. I'm going to live great. Mm -hmm. I started just rethinking my whole life. And I ended up staying in the Middle East for actually five years. And once I was coming to the end of my five years, I was like, "Mm, I'm not ready to go back to New York just yet. Where else would I like to go? I initially wanted to move to Colombia because I really want to be fluent in Spanish because I live in the, I came from the Bronx where I pretty much spoke Spanglish, mm-hmm. if you will. And I just really wanted to go to Colombia and it didn't work out. A recruiter was like, oh, well, you should go to Shanghai. And I was quite apprehensive. I was like, China? Dang. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And honestly, I did everything as most like spiritual led person did. I did tarot cards, I did meditation, and everything was like go. And 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 being that I was still so apprehensive, I really just said, okay, Nicole, you already did this for five years in one country. The worst that could happen, you go there, you're not like it, you just go home or you go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is my second year now here in Shanghai, and I'm very happy that I made the choice. It doesn't mean that everything is perfect here, but I actually do enjoy it. I think it was a nice transition from the UAE, switching it up a little bit. It's totally a contrast, but definitely, I think every place allows you to grow, right? And there's like another part of me kind of unfolding here mm-hmm. that I really like. Definitely. Well, okay, let's, let's address COVID. Yeah. 
So how were you able to, were you in, did you get to China before the novel coronavirus yes. like spread? Oh, and then why were you allowed to stay? So let me tell you something which is so crazy. Shout out to my brother. My brother actually messaged me in December. Uh-huh. Last year, he met, well, not last year, the year before, right? He messaged me. He was like, oh, he, he read some article. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you heard about this virus thing? And I was like checking. Mom was the word. I didn't hear anything here about this virus. I was like, okay, mm. maybe it's not a big deal. So we have Chinese New Year where we're off for the whole month. Mm. So at that time, Chinese New Year usually begins around January 22nd. So when he messaged me, I looked it up. I didn't see anything that was like crazy going on, right? So I went back home, which was New York, for two weeks. And while I was in New York, legit, it was like coronavirus, COVID-19. Like it was like, Mm -hmm. that's when it was like crazy here in China. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, I extended my time in New York for one more week because my intention was I was going to come back to China. You know, as an expat, you go home so you can stock up, so you get all the things that's not in the country you're living in so that you can then go and travel. And the intention was I'm going to come back here and I'm going to go maybe to the UAE and visit my friends or go somewhere nice and warm. Mm -hmm. And I left New York while everything was happening here. My parents were like, no, you sure? You know, you you know, Jamaican parents do. I I do. Don't go. (laughs) And sure enough, I kind of trusted my gut again. Mm -hmm. Um, I came back to China and then by the ending of March is when the borders were closed. I was pretty much not allowed to travel outside of China. I haven't still. And I was just very happy that I made that choice. Um, it was totally a, a, a quick and odd way to get, a, you know, get accustomed to a country. It didn't really allow me like that beautiful, like, oh, I'm on vacation and now I'm going to like get to like venture out in Shanghai. I mean, this place was like a ghost house, like ghost right. town, I should say. And everything, we didn't have like a, I wasn't watching news reports to like know what to do. We just knew that the the place that I was living, we had to like sign in, sign out, temperature checks. I was out of school until pretty much April. So I had to do online schooling. Mm-hmm. And it was just, I just kind of went with the flow of the adjustment. Like I don't even think, like when I watched how things are unfolding or unfolded already in the U.S., it was so my experience was so different. I just kind of went with it, if you know what I mean. It yeah. was just like, okay, we are working online, and that's just it. Like there wasn't this like, oh my gosh, I'm so annoyed that I'm home. Like I didn't have time to even process it in that way. It was just like it happened, and you just like move on with it, and just kind of wait until like your bosses tell you, okay, now you're going back to school, or we just kind of went with the flow of everything. And then slowly school opened up Then it was kind of like, you have to wear a mask, temperature mm-hmm. checks, which we still do at the school. We did remote learning for a while. Teachers, students had the option of whether or not they wanted to come to school or not. Majority of our parents, students came to school and it was just like business as usual. Like it's, it's, it's mm-hmm. weird. It's like I sometimes still feel like I live like in an alternate universe because I'm still at school now. And it's just been that. I mean, it's only mandatory for us to wear a mask on like the metros, like certain government buildings, like if you're going into the doctor, if you're on a bus. Mm-hmm. And it's like everyone just kind of rolls with it. Like, you know, there's rules, you just follow them. There's not like a question. Like, no one's here like trying to be like, I'm not going to wear my mask today. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, people are just following rules that are yeah. good for communal yeah. health. <laughs> yeah. Conceptually, yeah. it's just not. It's not clicking over here. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just interesting. I mean, I think when you live overseas, it's so interesting to be like, like when you watch America from the outside or just watch where you live from the outside. Because oh. I, I don't even think I ever sat to like question whether or not I was going to wear a mask or not. Right. You know, like yeah. you just do it. You, yeah, you, you just do what they tell you to do. I mean, why are you trying to, you know, and it's not like someone's around you with their hand in their your face, like, oh, you better put your mask on. You just, everyone's doing it. Like, you don't, you're mm-hmm. not trying to stand out anyway, you know? So that's pretty much been the situation here. I mean, now you pretty much can go to brunches. You can go many places. We have a QR code, which mm-hmm. pretty much lets you, lets the person know whether or not you've left the city. So like mine is green. So it shows that I have not left Shanghai. So anytime I leave Shanghai, it changes color and you have to do a mandatory quarantine so that it can go back to green. You yeah. understand? So there yeah. are certain protocols that are in place. So they can kind of monitor and know like your whereabouts. So I have not left this place since January 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> the struggle is real. <laughs> but you do what you, you know, that's, that's the choice that I made. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like you teach English. Yes. Yeah. I'm a writing specialist at my school. Mm-hmm. So do you, through the programs that you, you work for both here and in the UAE, did you have, were they offering you like language schooling? No. So the thing was, I was a teacher actually in New York. Okay. So I was already a certified teacher. You can go that route as well. Like sometimes people come to China, especially, and they work in what they call training centers. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes you only just need like a bachelor's degree per se, right, to do mm-hmm. that. And then sometimes what people may do if they want to pursue education or get into maybe a better school, they will like do their degree or something like that so that they can work in like an international school or in a private school. Because oftentimes the difference is that, let's say if you're at an international school, it will, of course, your schedule is different. You might have a higher pay. So those are some of the advantages of having like the proper like licenses and whatnot. Mm. But it is a great starting base. Like if someone wanted to, let's say, become a teacher and or just wanted to welcome themselves into expat life, that is a route that you can take. Mm -hmm. Um, And also very different from the UAE. The UAE is not messing around with, oh, you just have a bachelor's degree. Like you need to have a teaching license. And even when I left, they were going through a very um, rigorous like program to make sure they have like a uniform license policy in the Middle East. Whereas in China, you can definitely show up and have like a bachelor's degree and get a job in a training center. Mm -hmm. It just usually means like your hours are like maybe a little bit longer. Maybe you work from like 11 to eight, you might work on a weekend lower pay. Um, but you know, if you're like a college student, like that's a great way to just start, you know, especially if you want to get into like expat life and then you can move on to other countries. Right. So, but is as a English speaking teacher, do mm-hmm. you have any opportunity to, to like learn Mandarin through the programs that you're? Oh, absolutely. So at my school, they actually have classes and and there are also like language classes here. You also find a lot of Chinese instructor instructors, excuse me, that may offer. I mean, for a fee for sure, Definitely. where you can like take classes and all of that. And if you want to take like the HSK exam, that yeah, there's definitely many 
um, options here for that. That's it's all cool. about them kind of fitting it into your schedule, you know? Definitely. All right. We're, we're getting though we've been doing a lot on expat. So I have just one last question. No, regarding go that. ahead. How have you been able to develop community as an expat? Oh, that's such a brilliant question. You have to be intentional. I would say that the difference for China, China, for I've actually been like joining groups mm-hmm. that pertain to things that I'm interested in and kind of connecting with people in that way. Like clubs. Whereas when I would... <laughs> Yeah, like clubs. Yeah, like I've, because I'm, you know, getting into coaching and public speaking, I've joined a lot of professional women groups here. Mm. And then, in, and then as a result, like forming, um, connection with other women. Of course, you know, you hang out with your colleagues as well. Sure. Um, but I feel like those have been the two main ways here in China. Whereas when I was in the UAE, it was a lot of Facebook groups. Like I joined groups actually before I made it to the UAE. So it kind of helped that once I got there, it kind of felt like I had like a mini family. And then there was like a big like Jamaican community in the UAE whom I still speak to mm-hmm. to this day. Yeah. So I had these like great sub pockets um, mm-hmm. in the UAE, especially through Facebook groups. And then also in the UAE, what was a little bit different was that most of the expats, you'd find them living in the same area. Whereas mm-hmm. in Shanghai, we're very dispersed. Right. So like in the UAE, I felt like we all lived on like the same island. So even if you didn't know someone's name, you see their face long enough, you start to kind of build in that way. So, yeah. So those would be like the two main ways, like through, really through Facebook groups and then here WeChat groups because we have WeChat um, in China. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for going into that. Very cool. So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk more about sure. intuition your gut, <laughs> having Jamaican <laughs> parents. <laughs> um, one of the things you mentioned is your your parents were like, don't do this, Nicole. Don't go back. But your gut told you that you should. And so I, I really want to dig into the gut is not logical reasoning, right? So mm-hmm. how how does a person train themselves to accept that their gut is correct, even when they don't have necessarily the reasoning behind it? That is such a good question, Athena. (laughs) You know, you know, it's crazy because even though I'm saying that my parents, especially my mom was not really a fan of me doing it, but I think even Caribbean parents, I feel like they've modeled for me for so long, like their intuition, like example being like, you bring a friend home and like, I'm going to speak in past with them. Hope I'll, I'll put it in English for the viewers. But like, right. when they'd be like, oh, my spirit in a tech car, like they haven't even been around the friend for so long. And they're already saying that their spirit don't fit, pick up the vibes for this person. So mm-hmm. even though I feel like in my heart, like I feel like I've been trained indirectly from my family for years Mm -hmm. but they we just now have all these new terms and things that we say so it feels like we're talking about two different things but I think that our body gives us signals and I think the first signal if you kind of just sit and listen I mean I try not to have an intention like I didn't say oh I want to go back because right you know I I just kind of just released it I saw what was happening 
And then I kind of sat with myself and not listening to what other people were saying. Like I was listening to it, but I listened to myself first. Mm-hmm. What do I really feel? Now, of course, I text people here to kind of get like a, a groove. And then I, but I still sat with myself initially. Well, like what my sensations are in my body. Like, do I feel scared? Am I running away? And when I felt like I didn't feel any like movement from out of fear, then I was like, okay, I, I feel okay. I, I like listen to my body, like going to the, you know, the airport or changing my ticket and all of that. I didn't feel like I was making a point or like I need to prove to my parents that I'm right kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I just felt like, yeah, I feel okay about this. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be uncomfortable, but I feel okay about this. So I, I do tend to listen to my body. And I tell you, anytime when I don't, I pay for it later. Mm. I really pay for it later. And then I end up saying, see, I knew this. Um, and I think it's just because our society does place more value on logic. And I do think logic is valuable. I think if you're making a very difficult decision or, you know, you're choosing schools, choosing where you want to live. Yeah, you might have a pro and con, but I do think there's some value in also listening to what's the motivation as well, mm-hmm. which your gut can always tell you, you know. And everyone is like something I've heard in your, some of your episodes, like we're so we're always trying to listen to someone else. Like right. we know ourselves best, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, how can I take in information, but like trust myself first right. and best. And I do think it's a practice. I think it's every day, just kind of sitting with yourself, just allowing that space. So I've never actually heard anyone say that they're not looking for a because. I think that's so fascinating because... <laughs> I I don't know. I I've, I've never heard that and I think that that is a really good metric of or I think that's a good metric to release when you, when your mm-hmm. gut is involved because sometimes you won't know the reasoning, you won't know what's after because until later on or until you've gotten there. So I really love that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think logic is the because. That's the step. That's the pro and cons. But I don't think, mm-hmm. yeah, 100%. And as you said, the backwards. One of my favorite speeches is by Steve Jobs when he talks about connecting the dots backwards, you know? Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I think that's that intuition part. In terms of being Jamaican, well, being of Jamaican descent, I have felt that having that piece of culture has really influenced the way that I look at the world, given that I grew up mostly in the United States. So I'm, I'm interested in how else has, have your roots in Jamaica influenced maybe your desire to travel or the way that you've interacted with being an expat? I almost feel like it's everything. It's crazy because I was having a lesson with my students um, last week and Mm -hmm. I shared how my mom would always tell me, you're born in America, but you are of Jamaican culture and parentage. She would say this Mm -hmm. to us all the time. And my parents love and celebrate their culture. And I always grew up as a child going to Jamaica like pretty often. My parents have Mm -hmm. a house in Jamaica, so it's not a foreign idea. And then once I moved, overseas to UAE mm-hmm. I realized like I was like oh my gosh I'm turning into Sonia with my mom right like I was like 
all these things about me. And then I realized like this wanting to connect. So my mom even teases me to this day. She's like, you became even more Jamaican when you moved out (laughs) out of America because it was like I was hanging out with the Jamaican food people. I was making Jamaican food. Mm -hmm. And I realized like it's a part of me. And just when you're around everyone that's doing the same thing, it doesn't feel like it's so different or just doesn't seem abnormal. But when I was, I moved myself out of New York and now I'm in this foreign place. Then it was like, oh, this is why I say the things that I, you know, why I'm saying the things that I'm saying or why I'm looking someone up and down, you know, <laughs> you know, Jamaica's always trying to feel the vibe and mm-hmm. just, and like all these assets. I mean, even just when I think of my spirituality, I mean, yeah, no, Jamaicans are maybe not into like crystals and all that per se, but just the whole thing of like trusting self, giving thanks all the day. You know, Jamaicans love to say, oh, give thanks every day. Um, learning how to appreciate the wholeness of life, like not just chasing, like, I mean, this is culturally how I was raised. It wasn't just like about just having fancy things, but like mm-hmm. having, getting, getting along with your neighbor and having quality friendships. And I'm like, this is all me now. Like, I'm like, oh, it mm-hmm. makes sense. You know, my grandma used to always tell me to live good with people. And just like all of these things, I realized it just became like such an integral part of me. And I celebrate it every day in every way possible. Like, I love it. Right now, I'm going through this whole withdrawal of being in China because I'm like, haven't had plants in like, God knows how long. <laughs> plants in. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> but like, when I was in the UAE, I can access like, food it was two Jamaican restaurants in Dubai and um it was just a fellowship mm-hmm. so I definitely think that I it was a part of me I, I just thought about my habits my day-to-day habits whether it was cleaning my house or playing Barry's Hammond on a Sunday I mean it was just like certain things and I was like who am I like mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so yeah I definitely think it's a part of me and I think anyone that gets to know me knows that I mention it in some way, shape, or form. Like, it's just part of who I am and something that I celebrate and I love. Absolutely. I think that ties in well to lifestyle design. And mm-hmm. certainly as uh, Americans, we have this mentality or we are raised with this mentality that anything is possible, which was only further bolstered by the internet <laughs> existing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's a great mentality, but w- w- I think what is still missing in our in our education is the mental or thinking through the frame of opportunity cost. The opportunity cost, something very obvious is in living as an expat, you are far away from your family. How have you interacted with opportunity cost in in just all of your choices? You know, it's funny because I actually had a post about this and I talked about the trade-offs. Like, you mm-hmm. know, you know, um, opportunity cause actually sounds better than trade-offs. But I've been so thankful. I mean, when I was in the UAE, it was a bit better because the time difference was like eight or nine hours to like calling home. But I had to be very intentional. Like, I had to be really intentional about, I had to think, and I actually had a conversation with my siblings, like, saying that, you know, I really want to be a part of their lives, even Mm -hmm. though I'm making these choices. So that meant scheduling FaceTime, which sometimes could be inconvenient, whether for myself or, like, my brother or my sister, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like having, like, Facebook dates 
you know, or FaceTime date, excuse me, and, and calling them just to check in. And when I talk with my family, we don't talk for like 20 minutes. It might be like a whole hour, two hours. You right. know, we could ramble. Right. <laughs> um, so I had to be, so I had to be very intentional about that. Being intentional about telling them when I'm coming home so that we have dates on the calendar so that we can have time because time will fly when you go home. If you have a lot of friends, you go home for two weeks, it's, it's almost time for you to pack up and leave. It's been actually harder here in the U um, in China because I'm 13 hours ahead right now. Mm -hmm. So sometimes I can easily go a month, you know, without really having like a deep conversation. It might be like a comment on Instagram, but it's nothing mm -hmm. that's deep. And that's been a challenge here. But what I will say is that I've had to be very intentional with the relationships back home. And if I'm not, then it just won't happen. And for me, my relationships are very important, especially with my siblings, especially with my really good friends back home. So I do sacrifice. So maybe I might, let's say right now, instead of going to a party or going to have dinner with someone or going to, let's say, ladies night or something, it might mean being at home so that I can schedule a face, you know, or a Zoom Right. Because if I don't do it, then it's just not going to happen. Like right now, my brother is expecting a child. Like I might not even be home for this. Like yeah. those things like tug at my heartstrings. So just kind of like learning how to like move through that. But it, but as I would say, I would definitely say it's intention. Like these things don't just happen. Like some of my friends who have siblings and they may not get along and they're like, oh, I look at you guys. I'm like, yeah, we schedule calendar dates. Like. I don't wait until when I get home after a year of being away to like all of a sudden see my, my siblings or my friends. Like mm -hmm. I make sure that we keep contact while I'm away so that when I come home, it's more just like, oh, it's great to see you in the physical right. versus, and that's a very intentional practice. I've had friends overseas who would go months without speaking to their family. And I mean, and that just depends on the kind of relationship that they have, you know? Mm -hmm. So it takes a lot of work. <laughs> you know certainly like any relationship yeah so I'm just thinking about living in alignment and following your intuition and the the opportunity cost that can come from that is sort of differentiating between what is good and what is great which I think is so hard and I would love I would love to know how you have in your life gone through and understood this is a good opportunity but I'm going to pass on it because it would take me away from something great that that is um perhaps coming later or something like this oh that's Athena you have like the best question <laughs> <laughs> thank I'm you I'm here like I might sit here like hmm yeah I could flip this one <laughs> you know I it's a combination of intuition. Mm -hmm. I think also when you've learned to really enjoy the value of a moment, mm -hmm. then you know things just become sweeter. So you know that what's, it only can get greater because if you're really valuing the moment of like the now, mm -hmm. then it allows that space to happen in a way that like if I was only just... Uh, I think it's a combination of actually a couple of things. It's like intuition, being in the value of a moment. And in addition to that, knowing that everything is happening for my highest good. Mm. So it's kind of like if I knew that, let's say I didn't like China, I, I'm, I feel more pleased with myself 
to have taken the decision to come here and then decided that I didn't like it rather than just kind of like totally like not come yeah, and just kind of just sitting in like a what if. Yeah, I understand that. And I, and I sometimes think that some, some things or thoughts that I have, I feel like maybe they're just unique to me in the way that I process things. Because I think your mind has expanded once you live as an expat that the possibilities, even the ones you haven't thought of, you're like, oh, it's out there already. So to me, it's just like, oh, it's the worst that could happen. I go to another country and I just don't like it or I work in another school I don't like. I could just change and go to another one. Like, I think once you put yourself, I think once you do something that's quite different or, you know, maybe frightening or unusual than let's say the majority of people in your life. I think like once you take that first leap, I think mm-hmm. it does give you a lot more courage to be open to other things that you still may not know versus someone who's never kind of lived their whole life kind of just by someone else's guidance and not their own. Cause I think it kind of builds up this courage of like, Oh, let me trust my path. Okay. I did this. Let me trust my path. Let me do the next. Okay. Let me trust my path. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause now like when people ask me, Oh, when are you going to stay in China or when are you going to leave? Or I feel like I'm always like, Oh, I'm open. Like, I know people like, they look at me like I'm crazy and I'm like, you're open. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I have so many possibilities. Like, what do you mean? I don't feel as restricted as before where maybe I thought, was UAE and then go back to New York. Right. Um, I don't really know if I answered the question, but I think <laughs> you did. It's such yeah. a really good. It's a really good question. Thank you. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I love, I love what you have to say about that because I think it is, it is a progressive, well, it's building trust with yourself, right? It's mm-hmm. like having to take this leap that's based in intuition the first time and then seeing that it worked out or even if it didn't work out, you were able to handle the consequences. It's interesting because I've been thinking a lot about that, but from the perspective of habits or even being being a polymath and how you have to start out by, by trusting yourself. You have to build trust with yourself because we can just assume that you're, you're, at the point when you're starting to think about these things and being more intentional about your actions and your decisions that you've been trained not to trust yourself as much. And so you have to do the little things that will build trust in yourself so that you can take bigger leaps, just progressively bigger leaps. Absolutely. And I, and I like to add that also, not only intuition and trusting yourself, but I think that the more that you do things that you're maybe curious about, I do mm-hmm. think that it provides more clarity oh, yes. than if you didn't do anything, right? It's like you you start to understand what you really want and you're like, okay, this isn't it. Maybe it's not a new country. Maybe it's because I like A, B, and C because we all have a motivation as to why we're doing something, right? It's like, but it's all about being honest. And the more that you make these leaps and bounds, you realize what it is, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I think of expat life offers more freedom. Like as a teacher, you can live comfortably, you can travel the world. So when I think about in the grand scheme, it's like, oh, I like freedom and flexibility, mm-hmm. you know? So you get to get to the real honest answers, but we don't really get to know that until you start like moving forward, right? Right. And then you can kind of sit back and relax and you can actually say, oh, this is why this decision, I liked it, or this is why. But many of us don't take the time to sit and just like really 
get honest with ourselves. And I, I think that it's beautiful when you're honest with yourself. Because mm-hmm. then you actually know why you're doing the things you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it goes right back to what you were saying about connecting the dots backward. Mm-hmm. I'd love to hear a little bit about your work as a coach. Yeah, so I just started. So it's funny mm-hmm. how this like the place in between, but I'm like, I'm like, okay, I just started sort <laughs> yeah. of between this. Yeah, I've had this passion for mindset work because like as I told you in the beginning like after paying off my debt and all of these things when you have like all your distractions out like you know just being around your family and just Mm -hmm. like boyfriends and this friend you're like alone in your head right and then you start saying oh I want to do this and you're like oh okay I could do this and I literally felt like my own mini creator Mm. and I started thinking about oh, like if I want to do this, I actually have to make it happen. Because I realized that whether I wanted to admit it initially, that there were certain things that I thought I was just supposed to experience and have just because. Mm-hmm. And I think being away from home, I realized that I can't have, I won't have friends if I'm just sitting in my house, right? Right. Like, I, I'm not going to have a boyfriend if I'm just sitting in my house mm-hmm. or go on a date if I'm just sitting in my house. Like, you actually have to take action. And first for me was this whole love, this love affair that I became in, like, with mindset and just, like, I was starting to read a lot more books. I mean, I did read prior to that, but I really just wanted to look at what were some beliefs I was holding and how I wanted to unlearn And as a result, I used to like post things about it. And then people would say, oh, I really like your post or I'm looking forward to your post. And I was like, oh, is this like a thing? Like people like don't know. Because you know, like when you're learning your own thing, you just assume everybody else knows. Yes, 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 yes. So it feels weird. Like it feels like I'm just going to post this thing and you're like going to get it. So it was really that. And then the mixed why I say soul coach, because I have a very, I think there's, I love the Instagram. I love the Facebook. I love all these things. But mm-hmm. one, I think sometimes things are posted and there's a lot of nuance. And unfortunately, because it's just a picture, people take it and they run with it. And I'm like, well, did you find out how it like applies to you? Or did you make mm-hmm. it work for you? Or like, I was listening to like one of your recent podcasts that you had and you were, and it was such a great point because I connected to it where you were talking about like, you know, someone's like, oh, if you wake up at six o'clock, you're a good entrepreneur. And if you don't wake up at five and I'm like, nah, like, <laughs> how about the messages? This is what works for me. If I'm a morning person, then at 5 a.m. So the, the connection to why, why I'm mentioning that is like, I have this thing about like, when we tap into our own soul, like the things that drive us and we work on our mind and like, then we can, I believe wholeheartedly that you can create a fulfilling life. And and to me, I think when you're fulfilled, you get the money that you want, you get the relations that you want, you get the health that you want, like it all comes together because it's not influenced by some outer person that's telling you that you need to have 10 businesses, that you need to, you know what I mean? Like, I believe that things become easy and effortless. Mm. And and I truly believe that. And I know it because we're not, condi- we're conditioned, work hard, we're conditioned that we mu- we have to do A, B, C, D. And don't get me wrong, some of those things that we're told, it does work for one person maybe, or maybe 20. Mm-hmm. But what happened to those other people who like, it just doesn't resonate and you're trying to push and try this one thing and like, it doesn't work. 
So I'm of the mind of how about we sit with ourselves and just figure out what is it that turns me on? Like what turns me up? What really excites me? How can we just like tap into that and find out what my truth is and work from that expansive place? Because when you're in that place energetically, you're just happy, you're full of joy. And to me, you make most the most impact when you it's from inspired action. Like mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, the word inspiration has the word in spirit. That's very, it's because it's like your spirit. When you're inspired from someone, someone didn't push it on you, you something connected to you, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's like, if we all tapped into that, we would be abundant. Like I, I just, and I've watched it happen to me, like even just being here, like I've, I've gone to events and I'm just being myself with Dina, like having like a conversation, having with you. And like, from that conversation, a woman was like, I want you to speak at my event. Like, I didn't have to yeah. like, oh my God, I need to find somebody to go speak at an event. You right. know what I mean? Right. Or like, and I know it's not a place that we're trained to speak from because everybody is like, I need to be this other person. And I'm like, no, like life can really, I know it sounds crazy. <laughs> and I even have to channel, I know I have to like stop saying it's crazy because I know it's not. It's like law, it's divine. Like mm-hmm. when you're operating from that space, then you can work from inspired action. Yes, you can work up, you can stay up late and work on your plan, but it's a different energy when you're work, staying up late and working on something you really love and something that connects to you versus like, I have to. It gets to be a, I get to, I want to, I'm excited to. And that space is far more like beautiful mm-hmm. and expansive, I think, than just like, oh my gosh, I have to do it. I have to be a doctor. I have to get the house and the kids right away. And I'm like, no, you don't. Mm-hmm. Like, you really don't. And I think there's just so many people like doing that. I see the repost, I see the conversations and then I sit with them and I'm like, you seem so unhappy. You don't seem excited. Like, I want my life to be, a, I want my inner world and my outer world to match. That's yeah. essentially what I'm, you know, like, I feel like you should be, and if it meant that I have to have $1 million less, I'll be okay with that. Okay. You know, it's like, I don't mm-hmm. know if you listen to Garnet Silk song. There's a song like belly full, but I'm starving. Lord, mm-hmm. fill them up with your mercy. I don't know if you know the song, but it's just this idea. Like, I don't want to like, have a whole bunch of things. And like, I don't feel great inside. And then the flip side, I don't want to like feel great inside, but like I'm broken. I don't have, you know, I don't have, I can't feed myself. But I, I think you can create both when kind of like unlearn some, you know, limits and belief, have some limited beliefs. And then also just tapping into your own soul, like thinking about what are your desires? Like, what is it that you want? Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of power comes from that place more Mm -hmm. so than any other place. How do you map, you know, being fully yourself, tapping into your own expansive space? How do you map that onto the concept that you need to show up today as the CEO you want to be in three years. Have you heard this around? around I have. I have. I mean, I think that if you truly want to be CEO, then yeah, I think energetically acting as if, yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't, Mm -hmm. I know that there's been so many arguments about you shouldn't fake it till you make it. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, I get it from the energetic stance, right? It's like when people say that, like, 
you have a hundred dollars and the way that you act when you have a hundred dollars is probably going to be the same way you're going to act when you have a million dollars. So I I get, I understand the concept of just being the thing that you want Mm -hmm. rather than waiting for the thing to have it, because ultimately we want that thing for a feeling. right? Right. And then, and then, and then the flip side of that is that when you're energetically rising to the occasion of the thing that you want, energies match and you can only attract you can be you can offer opportunities for that mm-hmm. I mean I think about it when I'm listening to certain women speak and sometimes people can speak and it would sound like maybe they've been speaking for like 20 years or whatever but it's different when you're speaking with confidence and just like you know what you're talking about people look at you and treat you a certain way versus if you're like ah. Uh, I don't know, I think, you know, so I, I, I agree in that sense of energetically rising to that, like kind of mm-hmm. putting yourself in that feeling. So I definitely don't disagree with it um, at all. Yeah, I guess it's just like, you know, they say, like, if you're if you want a handbag, you know, I mean, before I remember I used to get it, I, I used to like handbags and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was it would be like a thing to say, oh, go to the store and go try it on, you know, mm-hmm. and see how it feels. Or when I was a young kid, my dad used to do the same thing. He would drive to different neighborhoods in New York, like really nice neighborhoods in Queens. And like that visualization, essentially, that's what that was. I didn't know it mm-hmm. at that time. Like that's the term. So yeah, I think that there is some power to that because if you're only thinking about your current situation, then you it's very real for you. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't allow you to expand beyond that. De- definitely, definitely. You you've really opened my eyes to to some of the practices or behaviors that my parents have that. I consider to be different from my own, but our, our visualization, for instance, or it is following your intuition. Um, so I'm really grateful for that. I think this will help me, me with my relationship Thank with my parents. You. <laughs> Cacao, now it's time for the seedling round where short questions lead to tasty answers. How do you measure time? How do I measure time? Mm-hmm. In moments. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I do all the time, but I would just say moments. Moments. What drives growth for you? Ooh, I would say like once I feel like I've mastered or can easily flow into certain spaces where I had difficulties, I think there's this constant wanting to become better. Like I think I just always want to be a better human. Mm -hmm. So I I think just being on this planet itself. Hmm. It's really what motivates me. Yeah. What season of your life are you in? Ooh, I would say I feel like I'm in like this dual season of discovery because I think discovery is ongoing and unleashing. Mm. Where I'm like, I'm like standing in all the things that I know. And, and being courageous about sharing them. Wow, I love that. Good cow, that ends the seedling round. So Nicole, yeah. I like to end on two things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is your greatest ambition? <laughs> <laughs> My greatest ambition is to be an impactful soul and mindset coach around the world 
mm-hmm. and to inspire women and specifically, you know, women that look like me, mm-hmm. that they can have all their desires. Mm, love that. Claim it. And what is the question of the week? Ooh, what's been on my mind? Oh my gosh, I have so many things on my mind. What's the best one for the podcast? Wow. This one has me stumped. I wonder if my ancestors were having conversations like this about growth. Hmm. And following intuition. Yeah. And relationships, like male and female relationships. I know I threw a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, but I wonder. Right. Like, does that make that mean that I'm more evolved or less evolved? Because I question <laughs> so much. <laughs> that is really funny. I've been thinking about I've been thinking about this a lot. Where you know, not the concept, but just the interaction with ancestors have has been coming up a lot more lately in into my purview. And I'm wondering if it's quite narcissistic of me to assume that my ancestors are um, are like thinking and conversing and interacting with me so much. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Whenever yeah. you hear something more than once, then someone's trying to give you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But and I, I, I only recently started saying things like that because I do feel it. Right. So the question of the week is, um, are your ancestors? Did my ancestors think about these things, like talk about evolving and relationships as much as we do? Right. And does that mean I'm more evolved or less evolved? (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, thank you for being on the show. Um, How can people connect with you? Right now, you can find me at the Soulful Expat. Um, send me a DM. Send me some love if you listen to this episode. I'm so excited mm-hmm. um, and thankful to be here. Yay. Thank you. Thank you so much for this. This was a really enlightening conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much, Athena. <laughs> Guys, if you like this episode, you already know what I'm going to say. Rate, review, subscribe, share it with a friend. And thank you guys for listening. Always, I appreciate your ears and your attention. And we will be back with another episode next week. Bye-bye.